We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. This podcast celebrates generosity at work, not financial giving. Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. My guest today is global executive leadership coach and group engagement expert and entrepreneur. Nikki Westhead is the founder of a global leadership and consulting firm, Arlosen, which means pioneer and trailblazer in Welsh. She blends 30 years of diverse and international business experience with her professional certified and organizational leadership coaching and charter psychology. She's worked in many countries and industries as an executive senior leader, consulting director, team and people leader, facilitator, and coach. She's relocated over 12 times in the past 25 years between the UK, Europe, and the US. She brings an international and future-oriented perspective to her work, not to mention being agile and change resilient. For fun, sport, and nature adventure, Nikki also travels to places like China, South Africa, and Brazil. Outside of her business arena, she keeps active as an Ironman leader, mindset coach, and Pilates expert on readiness and mental agility for international triathlon events. Nikki is a lifelong adventurer and traveler with her spouse. She's the nexus connector for her global family and friends, a professional community advocate, and a mentor to high school and college students. She's also a live performance and soccer aficionado, a world gin collector, and a really fun aunt. We are so happy to have you with us. Welcome, Nikki. Shannon, it's wonderful to be here. I'm delighted to have a conversation with you today. Our relationship is really founded in generosity. The generosity of Monica Justice introducing us, the generosity of you mentoring one of your mentees from a local high school that happens to be in my area. And then the generosity of you wanting to give Grounded in Gratitude, my gratitude journal to a lot of your friends and associates for the holidays. You live the life of generosity. What are some ways that you have witnessed generosity in the workplace? So I'm going to take you back sort of 25 plus years ago in my early career in the UK. So I was a business psychologist working in British Telecom, and I saw and I also experienced a lot of developing and mentoring people in different stages of their career. And one of the key things that I believe in organizations, whether you're a manager or a more senior leader, is that work is there to not only do the work, the task, the processes, but we're all human beings. And how can you enable, how can you leverage, how can you bring the best out of people? And I both experienced people mentoring me actively in the early years of my career in order to be able to work with senior leaders and teams. But I've also done that myself, where I've seen someone who needed that extra support or insight into the dynamics of an organization. So there's something so powerful, Shannon, around how can you, in your capacity of not only delivering results, help people see the best in themselves and enable them along the way? Absolutely. What are some examples that you have in, from your career where you 
either helped someone integrate into the organization or perhaps someone helped you? Yeah, absolutely. So let me uh, give you one where I had moved to the US. I was working in one of the professional services consulting firms and I had a fairly large consulting team and I had some consultants who were fairly new out of college and they were learning, shall we say, the ways of working. And while there was a clear role, some of them were still in the college mindset. And so we were working for one of the big oil and gas companies. It was in Texas. We had a lot of work to deliver on this engagement. And I mentored a number of these people in my team around the unwritten rules, Shannon, about what does success look like when you're working for one of the top four consulting firms for a significant client. This is how you show up with your presence. This is how you communicate in meetings. This is how if you are socializing around dinner and drinks, as particularly a woman in a particular environment, these are some things I've learned that are clues, signals, and the unwritten informal pieces that will help you navigate in your career. Give me an example of a time where that was so significant for you, like where you were maybe the only woman in the room or in a new culture where it was so foreign and you really needed those allies to support you. Oh my gosh, you're taking me back to Bulgaria in the early 90s where I was on a six-month consulting project. And wow, that was such an interesting experience. I was the only female manager and we were over every week. We would fly back from London and it was such an interesting environment. So number one, imagine this, I'm staying in a hotel where I don't see any other business women. That was one thing for me. Secondly, we would go to the organization and it was in the telecoms and the postal services. And again, I only saw women who were interpreters. So every day I conducted business that was not in my own language. I had such great advice from some senior consulting managers about how I could best navigate this. And so it really helped me dramatically accelerate how I was performing when I was in this country. It was totally new to me. And I'll give you a funny story. One of the things about the language translation is that they did not call me Nikki or Miss Westhead. They actually called me Mr. Westhead because in their vocabulary or their vernacular in the business world, you were a mister. I look back, particularly in those formative career opportunities and projects, especially when I was traveling to different countries. And again, another one, I spent a month in India working for a global healthcare tech company. And my boss, who was the global HR lead, she gave me great advice about how to be well positioned within the culture and how to understand the norms. And so for me, generosity has a cultural application. It may show up in different shapes and forms. It may not look the same way that it does here in North America. It may not look the same as it's in the UK, but it shows up in different ways. Yeah. I think that's so important to recognize that when people believe in you and want you to be successful, they invest their own knowledge, wisdom, experience in you and do their best to help prepare you and set you up for perhaps unexpected circumstances so that you can still be present and focused and bring your, you know, your full potential, but not be distracted by those unexpected circumstances. That's really an important thing to acknowledge 
So mentoring is a big part of your life, Nikki. That's something that you deliberately invest your time and talent into. Tell me more about why mentoring is so important to you. So one of the things about my career and my experiences is that I have both had people seek me out to mentor. And I go back to the early days when my father was able, when he worked for Shell Oil in the UK, to give me some early opportunities to be mentored by people that he knew. And so I believe that first initial experience has created in me just a spirit of, I want to give back to others as others gave to me. And I think it's so important to be able to kind of read people and look for the clues on the radar, whether it's people at work, it's people that you connect to when you walk in the door. I'm such a big believer, Shannon, in pay attention to the people who are in the reception of an office or the people who are there serving you lunch or are within the cafeteria restaurant environment, or maybe they're the UPS delivery drivers. You know, whoever it is, I believe it's so important to give opportunities to people as people have given to me. And, you know, in my role, I'm I'm a business psychologist. I'm an executive leadership coach. I team coach as well. I'm about growth and potential. And for me, you can do that in so many ways. And one of the best parts is do it in unexpected ways. Do it in ways that surprise people rather than thank you for doing the job of, say, delivering my gifts. Thank you for bringing, you know, X, Y, Z project into land. Do the unexpected. Yes, that is great advice. That unexpected, not doing it for anything in return, just to delight and surprise people. So I can imagine with your level of creativity and innovation, you do this in ways that will be so inspiring to us. Could you provide an example or two of those little moments that you just wanted to delight someone and recognize them? Yeah. I had a fairly large team of nearly 20 people. One of the things I used to do was pay attention to the little informal things that they would share. And I used to have a little notepad on on my phone of oh, here's some things that they're interested in, or they like this about animals, or this kind of activity is important to them. And I would gift them for their birthdays or surprise them on a Friday. And I would call out, you know, we've had two, three birthdays this month. Everybody is finishing up at one o'clock. If you have no meetings, let's just surprise them and give them the Friday afternoon off. Or another way to do it, again, when I think about when you're in leadership positions, you have the chance to do things that many people who are more junior to you don't. So the spirit of giving an unexpected gift voucher or gift certificate to somebody to go and experience something, or even I found with people in my team, the gift of time, take them out for lunch. It doesn't have to be extravagant. It could be a coffee chat. It could be an afternoon chat. Time is generosity, as well as a physical thing. When we come back, Nikki will share more ideas about how to be generous at work and in life.
introducing the brand new QuadPod Podcast Network. At QuadPod, we have a variety of podcasts that are as unique as you. When you visit QuadPod.com, you'll see our shows listed by category as well as average episode length. Find a new podcast at QODPOD.com, the QuadPod Podcast Network. That's QODPOD.com. And we're back with more from Nikki Westhead. I'm constantly, Shannon, trying to come up with what's possible. That's such a thing that I try to live by all the time. I look at ways to do recognitions like shout outs, like notice something that somebody has said, somebody has done. It might be behind the scenes. It might be in a group setting. So I'm all for being overt to thank people, to notice, to say, I appreciate this, to send cards. So while we're living in the virtual world, I buy stacks of cards with thank you kind of notices, like your gratitude journal to say, I appreciate you, or you're a gift to humanity, or there's something that you did this week that lifted me up. And given the current times that we're in, I try to find ways to be positive, even when we're in on the screen, like drop in fun songs, drop in a fun quote, a joke, or ask people to contribute something that shares something about them that we don't know. And I'm working from my home office and each day I fill and I put outside a basket that has a note that says, thank you to the delivery heroes. And it's a basket of cookies, chocolate, snacks, and drinks. And we get texts from our Amazon and our UPS driver saying, thank you. We love coming to your house. (laughs) That's such a great idea. I'm going to steal that one. So you just talked about how important it is to acknowledge the service people, the individuals who probably go unnoticed and unappreciated more often than either of us would like to think. And I'm such a big believer, again, when I look at that example, back into organizations with leaders, leaders who walk the halls, go and get their coffee, have lunch in times before where we are right now, I'll often talk to leaders and say, you know, in my coaching conversations, You're often in this bowl and it's like the paparazzi follows you when you're a leader in an organization. People look to you for clues and signals. And I'll often challenge leaders to say, how can you appreciate people? How can you give back to people? Even in those impromptu, informal moments, is it you share a coffee in the kitchen area? Is it you walk to the parking area with somebody and have a chat? You could make that day of that person because you're a senior leader that they only get to see maybe on a screen or in a conference room. But that to me is about engagement and inclusion. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That it's all about people. That's what I'm hearing you say, Nikki, is it's about investing in, acknowledging, appreciating people. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer, Shannon, that leaders set the tone of the culture of any kind of business, whether it's the department store, whether it's inside a 
a Fortune 100 company, whether it's in an entrepreneurial business, the leaders in the way that they present themselves, the way they act, the way they speak sets the tone. And I'm a big believer that if anybody who works in a business sees leaders showing generosity and appreciation, that's going to cascade out into a company. It's going to be part of the culture. And Converse too, if they don't see it, then perhaps you're not going to see evidence of that being shown in a business. Absolutely. It's the responsibility of senior leadership because you just have so much more visibility and you are a culture carrier, whether you thought that's what you signed up for or not. A lot of what you're saying here, Nikki, is around recognition and rewarding. And and I'm hearing you say that it's not just monetary reward that that is going to give people intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. It's also the the appreciation for who they are and how they contribute to the organization. Yeah. And again, there's always something around people want to be compensated for a job well done. However, we're all human beings. And I believe it's the psychologist in me. I'm always looking at what are the drivers? What are the motivators? What are the little things that's so important to somebody? If you can pay attention to that, that's worth their weight in gold for that person, because that shows that you cared, you paid attention, and you've done something about it. People remember the best people that they worked with, the managers, the leaders, the peers, the colleagues, etc. And often it's not because of a particular piece of work, but it's how they made you feel and the experience that you had when you were with them or the stories that they told. I'm a big one for storytelling, and I coach a lot of leaders about what's the future story you can tell in a year's time about how you have navigated and managed and led to whatever business you're in through this pandemic. And telling a future story gives hope and positivity to people. And right now, I think that's an act of generosity to help people look ahead to something that's different to what we're all experiencing. Yeah, I think that gives a lot of meaning and intentionality in how we're managing things right now. So starting with that end in mind and saying, you know, how do I want to impact how people feel or what we end up doing or how innovative we become or how well we manage through this time of uncertainty and difficulty? Because everybody's struggling. One of the things I have been doing is talking to a lot of people who maybe have been through war times, big crises, et cetera. And in fact, my almost 85-year-old aunt, who was a child during World War II, gives me insights into the mindset of what it was like to go through a tough time and how they remained optimistic. And I've read quite a lot of articles, Shannon, about how people who, during war times, Those who survived and were the most optimistic coming out of it were those that were telling future stories, who wanted to put themselves into a better place. It gave them hope, it gave them energy, and it boosts resilience. Mm. Oh, what a genius thing to do, Nikki, to, to reach out to people who have been through really difficult times and say, what were some tools and resources that you believe helped you to 
not just get through it, but to be even stronger because of it. This is an opportunity, if we look at it that way, to strengthen and to practice different muscles for how we are resilient, adaptable, innovative, creative, generous. And again, when I think back to any role that a leader has in in an organization, I would like to see more of them being evaluated, measured, recognize themselves in whatever way that they manage performance around what are they contributing to the growth of others? How are they demonstrating generosity, appreciation, and how as an organization, does that become part of the culture rather than metrics that focus on financials or delivery of certain projects or programs or products? I would love to see more of that because right now leaders have such an important role to bring people on a journey and that journey has to be valued. Yes. And I love your idea of making it a measurable competency, like a KPI, a key performance indicator. And how do we make investing in others a norm and an expectation so that it's not just special for a select few, but it's something that is highly encouraged, motive, you know, it's recognized and appreciated. I would put this in the category of emotional intelligence has many strands to it where you might see, you know, empathy, you might see active listening. But wow, imagine this, Shannon, if leaders were measured and rewarded on their emotional intelligence, their empathy skills, their acts and their demonstrations of generosity, and maybe also how they create the cultures that embody this and promote this over and above perhaps delivering on the strategic plan or coming in under budget. Imagine that if that was one of the top seven leadership competencies for 2022. In several of your examples, you've alluded to feedback. How do you see feedback working most effectively and what is the role of feedback in a really healthy organization? Feedback is so incredibly important as a continuous dialogue versus a annual or biannual process. So many organizations stay in a more rigid structure about giving people feedback on their performance, their behavior, whether they're meeting the role expectations or not in a structured way. I believe, and having been inside organizations where I've been in in leadership development roles, HR roles, I've been in consulting roles, and I've worked with so many companies, the best organizations weave in feedback in a fluid, dynamic, it's a continuous. So if I'm, if I'm giving somebody feedback, don't wait three months, give somebody feedback, whether they're doing it well, whether they need to do something differently, or perhaps you need to recontract or reframe the expectations. Timeliness is a gift. And I believe most people go to work with positive intent and they want to grow, they want to do their best, they want to do better. And by not sharing and giving the feedback, you're doing that person a disservice. So you're being disgenerous. Absolutely. What are ways that you coach your clients on how to give effective feedback? Yeah. So one of the things that I find 
clients struggle with is disassociating the personal subjectivity of giving feedback to objectivity. And there's a tool that I've been using for many years that comes from the Center for Creative Leadership called Situation, Behavior, and Impact, SBI tool. And this tool has helped so many leaders be clear that you want to narrow it down to a specific situation, time, activity, behavior. You want to talk about what were you saying? What were you doing? And then so importantly, it's helping the person understand the impact of that. That tool helps people lean into giving feedback versus lean away from giving feedback. Yes. And I think it also protects them from giving feedback that isn't helpful. Back to your positive intent, you know, people intend to do great work and leaders intend to give helpful feedback. But in the absence of a structure like at, at the Center for Creative Leadership, what you're referring to is SBI, right? The situation behavior impact. If we don't have a structure like that, sometimes we just label it like you seem disengaged or you seem arrogant or, you know, or you seem irritated. But so, so what did I do that caused you to see me as irritated? That would be more helpful because then I can go, oh, okay, I can, now I can see that from your perspective. The power, I believe, is in the impact piece. People have their own lens. They have their own framing on how they see something. So if, if you have somebody in your team that's late every month for the team meeting by 15 minutes, in their mind, they may see that that's okay. They don't see that that's a big deal because you've started the meeting and everything's going on. When you explain the impact of it, that others are wondering, why is this person allowed to be late? Here's the impact on us. We have to restart. We have to regroup. We have to sort of reset a little bit, which sets back everybody's day. It's about illuminating to somebody, helping them see it from others' lens and perspective, which is what we do often in coaching. It helps the person shape and do things differently. That's about learning and that's about application. And and whether you're a leader, a manager, or even a peer and a colleague, I believe everybody has the responsibility when they're working together to give each other feedback because that's how we learn as human beings. We don't learn by just doing and doing and doing. We learn by stopping, reflecting, picking out what we could do differently, as well as continuing the things that we do well. Oh, so well said. Great words of advice to do for ourselves, to seek feedback and to be willing to provide it for others. Nikki, thank you for being the light you are in the world, for the friend you are to me and all of those who have the privilege of knowing you. Thank you for investing your time and insight to help us to consider how well we're being generous in our own workplaces, how we could do this better, differently. How can we encourage and inspire others? And that whole leaning in, you know, taking a risk, getting all in, going to those edges and really making a huge contribution. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you, Shannon. It has been a wonderful journey to go on with you. And I've been thrilled to share it. ROG takeaway tip, how to apply what we've learned to our own work and lives. Nikki's examples that really resonate for me most are the ones that include paying attention. 
When we get out of our own trance of being so busy and juggling so many things, we can pay attention and notice some of the important things that we may have missed. Three things that we can pay closer attention to as we improve our generous leadership practice this week include, number one, pay attention to the people who make things happen. The delivery heroes, as Nikki calls them. The mail carriers, the cashier, the receptionist, the service person, the people in roles that often go unnoticed and unappreciated. This year more than ever, we've realized how critical these people are to the operation of our society. Notice and appreciate them. Number two, pay attention to personal details. What do your team members, peers, colleagues care about? What personal detail can you remember? Their birthday, name of their pet, age of their children, geographic location, some of their favorite things. What do they find enjoyable and do on the weekends? What do they laugh about? Take a note of it and talk to them about those things. Ask about their family and the things that they care about. It makes them human. It makes them feel like they belong. Number three, pay attention to the work other people are doing. You might want to write a note or send a card, even post something in the chat during the meeting. Recognizing and appreciating people is an act of generosity. It's something that we can all do more often. So please, everyone, this week, make it your business to pay attention. Clear the clutter from your mind so that you can notice the small details that make all the difference. Until next week, stay generous, everyone. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.